Thanks for tuning in to MANA, a short daily meditation to feed hungry souls with God's Word. These episodes were prepared by ordained ministers for a radio broadcast called Voice of the Church and are now republished by the Reformed Perspective Foundation, a Canadian charity that applies biblical truth to the issues of our time. Here's today's serving. Dear friends, today we begin a series on how God has provided salvation through Jesus Christ for all people. And this story begins in the first pages of Genesis, and they are filled with hope. In the beginning, we are told that God created the heavens and the earth, and God simply spoke things into being. By the word of his mouth, he launched the stars into space. He set the sun and the moon in the sky. He fills the sea with creatures and the land with beasts. But God's creative work culminates with the creation of humanity. God creates humanity in his image and in his likeness. And then God commissions humanity with a tremendous task. Humanity is to rule over and to care for God's good creation. What an awesome responsibility. Perhaps too awesome. For no sooner is humanity blessed with this authority to rule, do they fail. God had given them free range in paradise. They could do whatever they set their mind to. There was just one thing God demanded of them. They were not to eat fruit from one tree in the middle of the garden, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Eating from this tree would cost them their lives, literally. Yet in blatant disregard to God's command, Adam and Eve, our first parents, eat from the fruit. And in eating the fruit, they have tasted their own death sentence, something they themselves immediately realized. They were naked, and they were ashamed. But rather than face the consequences of their own actions head-on, they do what humans do best. They tried to cover it up. They hid from God, hoping to avoid his verdict, his death sentence. But they should have known better. God is not like people. He knows everything. He created everything. We cannot hide from him, and he does not need to search for us. He knows where we are at all times and at all places. And indeed, God finds Adam and Eve, and immediately he confronts them with their disobedience Have you eaten from the tree that I commanded you not to eat from? God asked them. And so the end has come, it seems. Adam and Eve will be punished with death. What had initially seemed to be a story of hope has now become a tragedy. God pronounces judgment on Adam and Eve. He declares that their lives will no longer be how he intended them to be. Work will be hard and toilsome, not a joy and delight. Childbirth will be painful, not painless. And instead of life, death will reign on this earth. But this is not how the story ends. In fact, this is just the beginning, for despite the tragedy, a glimmer of hope arises. We read of this hope in Genesis 3, verse 15 where God says to the serpent who had deceived Adam and Eve, And I will cause hostility between you and the woman, 
between your offspring and her offspring. He will strike your head, and you will strike his heel. At first glance, there seems to be little about hope in these words. It speaks of hostility and enmity between the seed of the serpent and the seed of the woman. Now the serpent was the one who had deceived Adam and Eve into disobedience in the first place. He convinced Eve that by eating the fruit, humanity would become like God. This hostility then between the seed of the woman and the seed of the serpent is not between literal snakes and humans, though there is certainly hostility between us. No, the offspring of the serpent is a reference to those who disregard God and who pay no attention to his commands. They are what we call children of the devil. In contrast, the offspring of the woman are those who live to serve God and obey him. They are the children of God. And there is a fierce battle between the two, between the forces of evil and the forces of light. And this hostility between the children of the devil and the children of God is dramatically witnessed when the wicked Cain goes out of his way and kills his righteous brother. Initially, then, it seems like the serpent was victorious. He had destroyed God's good creation. This is hardly a message of hope. And that is correct. The hostility is not the hope, nor is the enmity. The hope comes in the reality that the serpent's end will come. His head will be crushed. He will be defeated. He may have deceived Eve once, but one of Adam and Eve's own offspring, a new Adam, you could say, would arise. He would not fail or be defeated by the serpent. He did not fail. His name is Jesus Christ. He came to crush the serpent's head and so destroy all the sin and the suffering in this world. And such a task would cost him his life as he was crucified on a cross, utterly rejected, scorned, and mocked. And again, the serpent must have thought that he had won. He had killed the very one who was supposed to crush his head. But this time, not everything was as it seemed. For you see, in order for Christ to destroy the serpent, he had to destroy death itself. And he did. For on the third day, he rose from the dead. He was alive again. He had conquered death and had so conquered the serpent. He crushed the serpent's head. And those who belong to Jesus Christ, the new Adam, now receive life in him. What a wonderful promise this is. Yet this does not mean that the battle is over. We are still in the aftermath of this battle, so to speak. It is evident all around us there is still hostility between the children of the devil and the children of God. It is this hostility that makes the hearts of so many people, perhaps even your own, so dark at times. This hostility is what causes so much pain and suffering in this life. It is evident in the emptiness that we feel due to broken relationships. It manifests itself in addictions to alcohol, to other drugs that threaten to ruin our reputation and our family ties.
These are all signs that there is still hostility in this world. There is still hostility between God's children and the children of the devil. But note well, my friend, this is not how the world was created to be, nor is it how the world will eventually end for those who belong in Jesus Christ, for those who are God's children. By faith in Jesus Christ, we become more than conquerors. For in crushing the head of the serpent, Jesus Christ, the new Adam, has made it possible for all things to be made new. And in time, this will happen. Those who believe in Jesus Christ, those who have fought the good fight of faith, will one day be brought into a glorious new world. A world without pain. A world without suffering. A world without sickness. A world without hostility. Yes, it's hard to imagine such a world, but it's true. Jesus Christ will come again as the victorious King and will declare peace to all those who belong to Him. But until that day, Jesus Christ has commanded that this good news of peace be proclaimed week in and week out in His church. For the church is where God gathers His children, the children of God. And in the church, Jesus Christ is proclaimed as that victorious King who crushed the head of the serpent. In the church, God's children are encouraged to stay strong in the midst of hostility. In the church, we anticipate the day when Christ will make all things new. And so now, we have come back full circle to where we started. Hope. Genesis began with hope, and for all those who belong to Jesus Christ, the story also ends with hope. And I pray today that your story too will also end with hope. I pray that you too may be convinced of God's great love for you, that you may believe in his son Jesus Christ, and that he has redeemed you from a life of sin and suffering. And I pray that you may learn to follow him, to serve him in faith, faith that God himself will graciously provide as you listen to his word proclaimed in faithful churches throughout this world. Yes, may this story of hope be your story too. Thank you. <laughs>